I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo. Welcome back to Pacific SITREP. I'm here with my co-host, Colonel John Mills. Welcome, Colonel. Thanks for coming on. Todd, thank you so much. An honor to be on the show. So I am coming to you from Warsaw, Poland. We're at the three C's. That's C-S-E-A-I-S, -E as in the, the three C's surrounding Central Europe, which are developing a political and economic bulwark against the West and the East, uh, really a matter of survival. So it's an interesting initiative. It's about a decade old, but growing. Uh, learning a lot, making connections. But Colonel, you had some issues that you wanted to discuss. Uh, first, let's start with China. Yeah, well, and China is connected to Venezuela. We'll get to that in a moment. But um, <clears throat> two major, well, let's say three major things going on is first, uh, the increased sortie rate number of flights per day is, you know, we're, we're, we're talking 80 to 100 over the last couple mm -hmm. of months. I mean, that's mm -hmm. uh, 80, 100 a day. Okay. That's a lot. And that's yeah. a lot of aircraft regeneration to get them ready for the next flight because are these fighter know, aircraft or air superiority or all the uh, above I mean, or what? A, a lot of fighter aircraft mm -hmm. bombers uh reconnaissance kind of their versions of our rivet joint and things mm -hmm. like that of our our big our big uh elant aircraft so all all kinds this is a lot of uh, this is a lot they're really honing their operational art in regenerating aircraft and that is an art mm -hmm. uh but they've also what caught my attention was they're now doing it this nighttime. And I read this and I'm going, well, hold on a second. I thought they already were doing it at nighttime. Um, hmm. So then I, I did some more research and I guess m all of the sortie, all of the, the attempts to penetrate Taiwan air defense have been daytime, which is a very simplistic form of flying, as you know. Yes. Um, and so, uh, and uh, <clears throat> you you brought up uh, just a little bit ago, uh, are they flying on night vision goggles? Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, uh, I'm not, I'm not a, a pilot. I know our, our fast, our fast jet operators will use NVGs under certain parameters. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so that would be surprising. I mean, that would be interesting to know, are they doing that? But now they're doing it's, it. It's really night. for more of the low level aircraft that have obstacles, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I would not be surprised. And now that you bring that up, um, mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to be watching this closely because are they doing this at low level? It appears mm -hmm. almost everything I've seen has always been, you know, geez, we're talking, you know, we're talking flight level, you know, 25 and above, 25,000 yeah. feet and above, you know, yeah. again, kind of simplistic. Typical Everybody's... fighter airspace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Air yeah. Superiority. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it'd be interesting to know low level. The the, the other thing with the Navy, uh, just U.S. Navy, just announced they're they're putting Tomahawk anti-ship cruise missiles, and we have lots of Tomahawks on our subs and surface vessels, but they've all been configured for ground attack. So they just made a big announcement: we're putting anti-ship missiles back, Tom anti-ship Tomahawks back on our on our Navy vessels. Okay, hooray, good, but. 
we took those off in 92. So, so this is a lost art form that we're having to yeah. you know, resurrect the different, cause there's, there's differences in the technology of the Tomahawk for the anti-ship versus the uh, uh, land attack. Um, so interesting, very interesting. Um, and then the Taiwan elections are coming up on the 13th of uh, January. Uh, very possible. I'll be there to, to, uh, yeah. to, cover events so that'll be exciting fantastic we look forward to that and um, tell us uh, there, there's, there's an presto another war is brewing in North Latin America tell us what is happening the latest we've kind of had the overview that Venezuela wants to take land I used to do a lot of business there I used to trade with all the Venezuelan banks so I know it well Caracas used to be a very beautiful city it's no longer but tell us what's happening there you know, so uh, Nicolas Maduro uh, just had a vote about uh, just a few days ago, a national referendum. Should Venezuela um, uh, absorb territory? Uh, I haven't seen the exact translation. I think translations are very important to really, mm -hmm. you know, really figure out exactly what they mean. So, uh, um, but the vote was for those who turned out a rather light turnout because it's kind of mandatory to vote in Venezuela. Yeah. Um, but but it was yes, we want to absorb large swaths. Now it's like the uh, I'm going to mispronounce it the Esquito uh, portion of uh, uh, Guyana next door, mm -hmm. which was British Guyana. Well, if you look at it, that's two thirds of the country. So, I mean, this is, they, they, they voted essentially to annex next door Guyana. Mm -hmm. um, now, dictators always need, they need two, two things. They always need an incident. They need uh, support of the population as, as, as shamful as it may be. So now he has the support of the population. And he has an incident, the grievance that, you know, this is, this is going back 150, 200 years that these were portions of Venezuela uh, that were taken during, during colonial days. I mean, there might be a little bit of truth to that, but there's also, come on, this is 150 years ago. The country, the South American countries were just at war with each other regularly. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's uh, uh, intellectually elite, but you got the, the BRICS had their conference in August in South Africa. Okay. Venezuela uh, sent their foreign minister, I double check, they, uh, Nicolas Maduro did not attend. They were really hoping to become part of the BRICS. Okay. In sept, uh, uh, October, uh, no, excuse me, September, Nicolas Maduro does a five day trip to Beijing. Now, Five days is an awful long time for a, a, a leader to leader. We would call these bilaterals, a bilateral leader to yeah. leader. That's, that's, that just does a lot of time. A lot of that time to fill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, they have a lot of unpaid debt already to China. Um, economically, like you said, Venezuela is an absolute mess mm -hmm. and they need more debt. And they're trying to uh, they're trying to renegotiate the existing debt, new debt. Uh, I am now. I'm pretty sure he got a talking to. Okay, several ways. Just like uh, just like uh, Putin got a talking to 
you know, uh, when they when uh, uh, fall of uh, uh, fall of 22, they met in Uzbekistan, uh, she and Putin and and Putin was roundly uh, uh, she clearly established himself as the dominant and he was talking down to the failures for them to totally seize Ukraine in 72 hours. Uh, but there's there's a trend line here. Every time he got a, Maduro got an offer he couldn't refuse. He got it. He got an offer, and or he was told what to do. So come back, set fire to the Americas, and and this is what Dick. You know, I say this all the time. In week one of dictator school, the Friday test, it's always what is what do you do when you're in trouble at home? You invade. That's 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 a one question test on Friday, first week of dictator school. Okay. Uh, and so he's he's playing he's play, uh, playing assigned roles flawlessly as as thuggish dictator and so it's not imminent they're going to invade but again dictators always need an incident or grievance and they need uh, they need a referendum they need the endorsement of their population as a mandate the vote. Yeah. yeah mandate so what does the force structure look like on the ground you have Venezuela who has some type of armed forces, you know, under his thumb. Guyana probably has not much at all, but you then you have Brazil who may have an interest. Brazil, okay, and this is the, I, I, some folks have said, oh, Brazil's gonna also invade because you have Lula, the, the, the left, the thug uh, in power now in, uh, in Brazil. And I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, I think, uh, this go. This goes back to again. You know, people forget uh, South America. You know, used to have large navies. They used to have battleships. They used to invade each other regularly. And this had nothing with to do with colonial days. Okay, they just they were they warred with each other. Uh, I don't think uh, I don't think uh, Luna is gonna. You know, if if Maduro invades, I think Brazil's gonna go to war to intervene because guess what. Maybe Luna feels, hey, that should be our territory, and uh, or he just doesn't like Maduro invading another country. So this is this is, a, and I almost, I put it up that she, uh, she is almost setting up a fight club among his own people, uh, his own peeps. Uh, so this is this is interesting, and uh, but the force structure is scant. Uh, Guyana essentially has constabulary forces. Uh, uh, President Ali has this 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 uh, rousing video of him and his staff flying to a hilltop right on the border in the in the the region in question and raising the flag and saying, "Come and take it." Um, these, but he has just constabulary police forces, things like that. Uh, Venezuela has a lot of light infantry, but you know, not a whole lot of artillery, not an effective military. I would see. I would suggest we're going to see skirmishing, and probably a lot of the activity is going to be more naval, as as the hodgepodge of Venezuelan military vessels and commandeered commercial vessels, because part of the region in question is also the offshore, right to the north. So it's going to be a ragtag hodgepodge of Venezuelan. Uh, poorly trained, poorly equipped forces trying to move in, uh, especially in the naval element. And then the, the question mark of Brazil, who has a much larger, better trained military. Should be interesting. And you, you even got Cuba that could get involved in that a little farther to the north. I'm not sure what naval structure they have, but um, anyway, yeah, that's have, China's, the, yeah. Yeah, the, the question, that's a great, that's a great point. Uh, Cuba has a pretty paltry military. 
-hmm. most of their regime spending is on on is on uh secret police and and other immediate security forces to ensure the regime's survival their navy is pretty weak but you know but 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 again at the same time we're missing in action you know if this was during reagan or trump days we would have uh sailed a a uh ex you know amphibious ready group down there and uh fully outfitted and just would have uh you know done figure eights for a while just to send a message yeah um and you know but of course with our grossly undersized military and navy and with this, the, the Biden Obama team is just, I, I had to sit through this on numerous occasions. They just have this weird viewpoint on Central and South America, and which creates a vacuum, which China says, thank you, we're going to step into that vacuum. That's why they have that weird outlook, because they're working <laughs> for China. <laughs> so, well, uh, yeah, 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 go ahead. Well, uh, uh, and and Hunter has now been indicted on many more charges. I mean, this is getting very serious. Um, as uh, questionable as much of the U.S. government is, uh, Hunter has been charged with a whole lot more now. Uh, yeah. We're going to see where this goes, and and you know, it leads to it leads to the big guy, which leads to China. So, on that vein, you just wrote a book on uh, how to fight the deep state, and give us the top three things quickly tell us about the book and give us the top three things our audience can do to help in that battle to regain our country. Yeah, this is a war against the deep state is about the establishment of the mass surveillance system and state. Um, And I was part of that. It was started with lawful and just reasons, but it's been perverted and pointed out the American people. This surveillance state has given rise to the fourth fifth and sixth branches of government, uh, the fourth being the administrative state, the fifth being the that fusion of federal law enforcement, intelligence, and big tech. And then the sixth being um, the sixth being all these nonprofits, nonprofits that reap great profits by you know moving un, uh, illegal aliens around the country, church groups. I think that's shameful. So those those are mass surveillance. The three, the rise of the three unlawful branches of the federal government, but for the American citizen, your charge, your job, your mission, and I describe it in the book, you have to get involved and make sure you have clean county and county equivalents, like in, in a city could be a county equivalent. We have 3,300 counties, we citizens, stay attuned, listen to this show with Todd and I. Uh, other shows to keep aware of the national and international picture, but the action is right where you live. You've got to make sure you got a clean county. Get involved, school board, county council, registrar, election board, sheriff, judges, and prosecutors. Make sure those seven common functional areas that are common in all 3,300 county, county equivalents are clean. Get involved, understand hold them accountable, show up to these meetings at the school board, county council, and the other places. And when you have an open mic, you let it rip, but be thoughtful, be informed. And it, you'll, you'll really get the, you'll, you'll get the attention of local leaders. Cause they'll say this, this guy or girl is actually reading uh, the state code and the state law. Yeah, It's important. Read the bylaws, understand your options. Colonel, thank you very much. We'll see you next week. I appreciate your time. Todd, thank you. Uh, Stay safe and uh, sounds like a great, great event over there. Take care. See you soon. Bye.